the second reading in the Old Testament from Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's on page 608 of the Bibles in church. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as loss. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their heart. But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God when everyone, whenever anyone eats, drinks and enjoys all his efforts. I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is, has already been, or whatever will, already, will be, already is. God repeats what has passed. This is the word of the Lord. Hi there, I'm Dan. Is this work? Are we going to work? Yes. Okay, cool. It'd be great if you can keep uh, Ecclesiastes 3 open. We're in week three of our series in Ecclesiastes, and today's topic is time. Very important topic for all of us. But I'm going to begin by praying for us. Pray with me. God, thanks uh, so much for this time, uh, for these few moments we have to spend uh, together in your word. And we want to ask, Lord, please, that you'd help us uh, gain a better perspective on life and the world and you and ourselves, that we might live wisely in this world. We might live lives um, that are pleasing to you. Amen. Uh, Verse 11 is going to be a key verse today. So would you look down at verse 11 with me? Uh, He, that is God, made everything appropriate or, footnote, beautiful in its time. Uh, God's made everything appropriate or beautiful in its time. Um, That that poem in verses 1 to 8, it's it's great. Life is not just weeping, weeping, weeping. There's also laughing. There's dancing and there's mourning. Our lives are full of this diversity of activity. Uh, which is really great. I'm glad life is not boring. Um, Each one of those events has its moment where it's appropriate and even beautiful. Uh, The key thing is getting the timing right, isn't it? You want to get the timing right. You don't want to be laughing when you should be weeping. That's awkward. Um, Here's a few photos where they get the timing right. timing right, the coordination wrong. 
a mirror. There's a and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right without some toilet humor. But anyway, there we go. So so here's the thing, they got the timing just right, right? Imagine those photos one second later. It wouldn't it wouldn't be that good, would it? They got the timing right. And and it's like that a bit in life sometimes, isn't it? We should probably change from that one, Sally. <laughs> just be distracting for us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, isn't, it, isn't it like that in life? Sometimes you just get the timing spot on. Uh, so LT was saying, sometimes the person just said that little crumb of God's word that was just right. Um, sometimes um, there's that, that person, uh, the friend or the colleague, and um, they tell you some bad news, some sad news for them, and, and you're thinking, what do I do? Do I pat him on the shoulder? Do I say something? Do I walk away? And you decide, I think it's hug time. You go in for a hug. And it's just right. It's exactly the thing for the moment. There's this moment of connection and comfort and intimacy. And it was more than you expected. Um, that happened to me this morning. Or perhaps less emotionally, uh, you're wondering what to do with your money. Should I invest? Should I save? You decide I'm going to buy a small apartment. And it's the beginning of the property boom. I mean, this is fantastic. Just appropriate timing, you know. When you get the timing right in life, it's sweet, isn't it? It's just right. God has made everything appropriate. In its time. However, um, there's a second way of looking at this verse, uh, the negative side, um, and of course Ecclesiastes goes there, um, and that is everything is appropriate in its time, but but only at the right time, only in its time. Um, you know, you you, you invested, you, you you bought the property, but then the property market changed. Now is not the time to invest, perhaps. Uh, perhaps you've had this experience before where you've had this amazing and beautiful experience and you try to recreate it. Have you ever done that? You try to go back and recreate it and it doesn't work. It's just the timing's changed, right? It's just no longer the right time. Everything's appropriate or beautiful in its time, but only in its time. And so verse 9 says, what does the worker gain from his struggles? You know, we struggle to get the right, the beautiful and do the appropriate, but it's just, it's kind of a bit fleeting. There's a bigger issue, and this is what I want to spend most of our time on, and that is everything might be appropriate in its time, but what's the time? So all those photos a moment ago, a second different, and it wouldn't have been that kind of appropriate, beautiful, perhaps sad (laughs) moment. You wouldn't have caught the moment. So how do you know what the moment is? How do you get the timing right? How do you know if it's the time for planting or uprooting? How do you know if it's the time for building, starting something new in life, or tearing down, stopping doing something? How do you know if it's time to throw away or time to keep? Liv and I are going through this at the moment. We're moving house. Dan, should we keep this? I don't know. Nah, chuck it out. (laughs) That's what we've we've been doing every day. Verse 7. Have a look at verse 7 with me. The second half. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Who's ever gotten that one wrong? Yeah? Yeah? You spoke, you shouldn't have spoken. But then you were silent. You should have called your friend. You were silent. When's the right time for a career move? When's the right time to buy? When's the right time for that change in life that you've been thinking about? Friends, so often we just don't know. And so once again, verse 9, what does the worker gain from his struggles when we don't even know quite what the right thing to do is in each moment? This week I had a very real experience of this. I was uh, getting the car serviced and I had to walk and pick up the car and it was Wednesday, which if you remember, was boring, right? 
And as always happens, I'm sitting there going, do I go now? Do I go now? Do I wait a bit? I don't know. Just five minutes? Should I wait five minutes? I'll go now. And you know what happens, don't you? Yeah, out the door. I thought I was doing quite well, actually. Umbrella, waterproof boots, until a semi-trailer went past. And I got water in my mouth, like the whole body. It was, anyway, it was the wrong time, you could say. But here's the thing, guys. We just don't know, do we? We, we don't know so often what is the right thing to do in that moment, the appropriate thing. And the problem is a little more, is a little deeper and more complicated than that, actually. Let, let's read again verse 11 and keep reading the rest of the verse. So God has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but man cannot discover the work God has done from the beginning to the end. Now, now the scholars and stuff debate this verse a lot, but it at least, I think, means this. We as humans have this sense of there's something more than just the moment. We want to take in the whole, the big picture. But we can't. Only God knows the work from the beginning to the end. We've got some kind of vague ideas, but only he knows the details. Or perhaps think about it this way. We're not creatures that just think for the moment. We, we kind of try to imagine the future and what could be. And this is where it gets a little complicated because we, with this future, imagined future in our minds, we want to act appropriately in this moment, right now, for that end, right? We want to act appropriately in this moment for our imagined future. Of course we do. That's how we work. But we don't know the future. We don't actually know it. Verse 11, only God knows the work from beginning to the end. We're just kind of guessing. We've got so many people who are trying to not guess, try to actually figure it out. The economists and the analysts and the futurists, and they're going to tell us what's going to happen in the future so we know how to act appropriately in this moment. They'll tell us, for example, what to do with our money. Uh, Liv and I listened. We uh, invested a whole bunch of money in a managed fund in 2007 because that's what they said. Dumb idea, right? Because we didn't know what the future would hold. We didn't know there'd be a GFC. So often we think we can control it. We think we can do the appropriate thing now to kind of control and ensure our imagined future. And then you get retrenched. And you just get reminded, actually, I'm not in control. I don't actually know what to do right now. You get sick. The, the letter comes and says, you've got to move out of that house. Hunters, Webster's, others, you've experienced this. The market changes, the terror attack comes, and you're reminded we aren't in control. We don't know exactly what to do now to get this imagined future that we've got on our minds. And friends, I just want to say, I hope, I hope you realize this is not, I'm not just talking some sort of philosophical abstract idea right here. This is every day, isn't it? Because every day you make decisions and I make decisions. Will I do X? Will I do Y? What's going to help me decide that? Well, which one is going to help me get where I want to go. But we just don't know, and so we're left a little bit frustrated. That's certainly where Ecclesiastes leaves us, isn't he? He's quite frustrated by all this. And you know what it does to me? It does a few things for me. It makes me indecisive. You see, what am I going to decide in this choice, in this moment? What's appropriate to do in this moment for my imagined future? I don't know, I don't know, what if I make a wrong choice? Will that mean I'll never get there? And I also over-research. I'm one of those guys who does the spreadsheet, you know, for a big purchase or something. 
because I'm trying to control and make sure I can get this future. I'm not saying it's a wrong thing. Just, do you see what leads to it, where it's from? Some people uh, won't commit because they want to leave the options open so they can make sure things head towards the right future, the imagined future for them. Or for some of us, we're just in such a rush because we don't want to waste this time because then what if I don't have enough time for that thing? And if I don't do that thing, well, maybe I'll just miss out. Does anyone else email on the toilet? No, maybe it's just me. Is it just me? It's not just me. Okay. Such a rush. What if I miss out? It just stops us, I think, living in the moment. I don't mean living for the moment. I mean actually being present in the moment that we're in. Being present with the people that you're with. And actually enjoying the moment for what it is. Uh, so verse 12, I think this is what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to just be in the moment. I, I know that there is nothing better for them to do than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It's also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. Not necessarily thinking about tomorrow. On the way here in the car, crazy moment, Ned, <laughs> our eldest, said to Liv, um, Mum, it's never tomorrow. We were like, do you mean that like philosophically? He said, yes. It's never tomorrow. But we sometimes live as if it's tomorrow. We don't live in today, in this moment. We're distracted by what might be. Yeah, am, am I doing the right thing now for tomorrow? Because I'm thinking about tomorrow. Am I, am I, should I be doing something else now? Because I don't want to miss out on tomorrow. I, you know, just not present in the actual moment, just living for the future. My friends, I wonder if this is, am I describing anything like you at all? Hard to be present in the moment. Rushing. Indecisive. Not committing. Anxious about tomorrow. But what's the solution? Does Ecclesiastes give us a solution? Uh, well, no, there's actually no solution to the fact that we're creatures and not God. No solution to that, I'm afraid. Actually, that's probably a good thing. There's no solution. We, we are limited. We will not know the future. We will not always know what to do in this moment. But we can um, actually have our attitude change and change our perspective. That's what Ecclesiastes wants to help us do. It's going to tell us, Fear God. That will help you change. Don't be terrified. Hold God in awe. And that's where we're going to finish up by speaking about this for a few moments. Fear the gracious God. You see, against all of our human uncertainties, friends, against all of our ignorance about the future, stands God. Look with me at verse 14. I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking away from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. And so the old hymn calls him the Lord of all the years, the potentate of time. That's our God. See, friends, we've got this kind of imagined future. We've, we've got eternity on our minds. We're imagining forwards what it might be. What God imagines is, you know, he says... And it is. His imagined future is the future. And because he knows the future, he always does what is appropriate, even beautiful, in every moment. 
That is our God. He knows the future. He is the future. And so he always, uh, he always lives rightly. He always does rightly by us. Like, I want to describe this God a little bit before we jump into the real application here. Because this God knows the timing. And at just the right time, at the appropriate time, he sent his son Jesus, the New Testament tells us. And Jesus is the one who reveals to us exactly what our God is like, this God we fear. And Jesus is the one who defines time just like his father, the potentate of time. Jesus is the one who divides B.C. and A.D., doesn't he? I mean, he's, he's the guy who defines our times. In Jesus, we meet the God who is a loving father, and we become his adopted, beloved children. Jesus died for us. He rose again. And here's the key thing. He promised that we would rise with him. He promised us an eternity. We've got eternity in our hearts. Well, he provided an eternity for us. And we will rise too. And it's certain, friends, it's as certain as Jesus' resurrection was. Did he rise? We will rise too. And it will be a future way better than any imagined future you've got or I've got. And it's assured to us. Absolutely assured. Friends, fearing this God, the one I'm describing, the one we meet in Jesus, fearing this God sets us free, especially in relation to time. I find that it allows me to admit that I'm actually very limited. It allows me to agree with James 4. You don't even know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. You're like smoke that appears for a little while, then vanishes. You know, that's what I'm like. I can, I can believe that. I mean, I can research and I can plan. I'm still going to do my spreadsheets. That's fine. But I know now I'm not in control. And you know, that's okay. Because I know a God who is my loving Father, who has secured my eternity forever in glory. So it's okay. I can now say, what you will, Lord what you will. And as well as that, we don't need to worry anymore. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father, your good heavenly Father, feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height or minute to his day by worrying? What can we add to our lives by worrying? And why do we worry when we've got such a good heavenly father? And do you see how it begins to drive away FOMO, you know, fear of missing out? Am I, am I ever really going to miss out? Well, I might miss out in this world, but not in eternity. I'm not missing out on anything. Not at all. I know what my future is. I know it will end well. It means that I can commit because I, I'm not fearing that I'm going to miss out. It means I can be a bit more decisive because I know, well, I might make the wrong decision, but in the end, it'll be okay because I've got a good heavenly father. My future is secure. It means perhaps I'll stop rushing around so much because well, maybe I won't get everything done, 
But that's okay. I've got a glorious future. You know, I often think I've missed out in travel. I didn't take that time between, you know, before I had kids to go and travel. Uh, I'm not doing it now. It's way too expensive. But I'm not going to miss out on things. I'm going to see a renewed world, the new creation. It's going to be much better than Paris or Berlin or whatever. I'm not going to miss out, nor are you. Now, with this kind of perspective, we can live in the moment, actually. Not thinking, what if? Not thinking, is there something better I could be doing with my time? But just being here. With this kind of perspective, we can actually invest in life rather than holding back in uncertainty. Ecclesiastes 11 says this. There's a whole bunch of different little uh, metaphors. Send your bread on the surface of the waters, for after many days you may find it. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. You don't know what's going to happen, so just, just do it. Be generous. Go and do stuff. If the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. Things are just going to happen. That's life. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. You're just going to sit there watching. Oh, no. Oh, when, when should I do it? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Just as you don't know the path of the wind or how the bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, don't let your hands rest, because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. So kind of summarizing all that down into my language, if we don't know the future, just give it a crack, right? I mean, do some of us need to hear that? Is there something in your life that you've, you know, you've kind of researched, you've thought about it, you think, well, maybe I should do it, but you're just sitting back in uncertainty? Maybe you should just give it a crack. Or maybe for some of us, it's just a day-to-day -day thing. We're just indecisive. We are non-committal. We rush too much. We're just anxious about making wrong decisions. Friends, we've got a heavenly Father who loves us. He looks after the birds of the sky. He can look after you. And when it's all said and done, you have an incredible future. You are not going to miss out says in verse 14, all God does will last forever. And he's got your future. It will last forever. So what's our job? Our job is to fear God, keep his commands, because this is for all humanity. Um, I'm going to pray, um, and then we'll sing. God, we uh, want to thank you so much uh, that you are a God who loves us um, and you're a God who's, well, God, um, that you know the times, uh, you know each of our days, you know what our future holds. And Father, we just want to thank you so much that you have secured our future and you've given us such a wonderful future with you. We pray, please, God, that you would drive away uh, our insecurities and uncertainties, uh, drive us away from being noncommittal people to being people who really live life who live in the moment, 
and live for your glory in each moment. Amen.